doubt about that. All right. Thank you, guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gays and bays. We are finally back. This is the Otaku Street Podcast, your favorite spot for video game discourse, anime reviews, and everything in between. I am one of your lovely hosts, Wolpe, and I have everyone else here. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves. Did anyone else catch that? Catch what? That, that part of the intro. I think I know what you're talking about. I just don't want to, like, mention it. I what part? We're just gonna we're just gonna coast over that. Yeah, we're just gonna coast. I think, like I said, I think I know what you're talking about. But I'll, like in my head, I'm like, well, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Coast All through right. what? Oh, because I said I said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gays and bays, you got to get everybody. He, I mean, did, I he 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 did include everybody. That was beautiful. That's everybody. Okay. 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 I just think it needs to be mentioned. But all right, cool. Welcome everybody. What? J- J- Jamal Jamal's here. Chris is here. Adam's here. Excuse me for trying to be all inclusive. Are you gonna include? The, just... Are you gonna include the non nine the non binary? You heard yeah. me say they's right. T H E Y S. True. Uh, I thought you said bays or something. I didn't know you said they's. I heard, no. I heard they's. Yeah. Oh, okay. God damn it, Jamal. I just I I didn't know that you uh, impromptu added that into the intro, but hey. I'm, it's actually something I've always wanted to say. Ah, uh, okay. Because it just made, made sense. It's Not nice. everybody is ladies and gentlemen. That's true. That is true. I, I, I like it, Wolf. I like it. It stays. All right. I bet. It stays. We keep it. Well, welcome to Otaku Street. Uh, we are all here. Uh, not live, though. We are not live. Not live. Because Never are. Not at Krista's house. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's- it's okay though. This this show will and must go on, right? It works. It works. So I got a new phone because whenever I try to talk, my freaking voice sounded always so far. As soon as I like tilted my phone away like an inch, so I got a 13 Pro, and I like it. I like it a lot. It definitely runs a lot smoother. I can't wait to use the camera more often. Yeah, I'm still rocking that eight plus. I gotta, I gotta upgrade pretty soon. Yeah, the phone's getting old. It's not, it's not bad though. I mean, it still works pretty well. Sometimes it gets all janky, but like, I'm only paying like sixty two dollars a month. So, be glad that they haven't bricked that joint yet. Right, like shit. <laughs> I know. I know. It's only a matter of time. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the next couple months, but we'll see. They're like, you only got a couple more till iPhone 16. Once you double it, it's over. Yeah, yeah. Once, Silver bullet, dog. Like, <laughs> like, buy a new You're phone. Right. Goddamn shit. Give us your money. What right. you doing holding on to a phone still? You're, you take you take good care of it. <laughs> Who does that anymore? We're putting that, that we're putting trash. that shit down, man. Uh, my how phone did, was fucking up last month too. Uh, I had to. <clears throat> I don't know what happened, but like. I was listening to music and just all of a sudden my phone just froze and then I had to spend the entire day resetting it. But my laptop, like iTunes doesn't work on it. So I had to use my dad's laptop to restore it to like December 21st. So I lost and I had to delete all of my old text messages. A lot of videos and pictures that have been sent to me by various people are all gone forever. Jesus. Yeah, wow, every sucks. everything from before 2021, and I've had messages from like 2016. Damn, 
apparently they take up space. Yeah, no, messages take up a lot of damn space. Way too many, because you're always sending pictures and, and GIFs and memes and all kinds of stuff all the time. But I figured, like, having iCloud storage would, like, relieve the need for me to have physical space on my phone. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it was really unfortunate. It's absolutely unfortunate. It's a goddamn travesty. I can't believe you lost everything. Well, not everything. I mean, I still have my photos and those go back, but I'm talking about like things that have been sent to me because I just had to like manually go through and just delete shit. Do you keep like the audio messages that people sent? Yes, because uh, mm, I shouldn't. No, I have but my a lot of times those are really funny. That There's a true. lot of really funny voice messages that have been sent to me that I, I like to keep. You gotta save the really funny ones and then delete everything else. Yeah. That's a woo. That takes too much time. My phone just automatically saves them. And like voice messages don't take up as much space as like a picture or a video. But audio it still is, can. It still can though. When could you know there'll no, be those know. moments where people just be sending audio messages back and back, like telling the whole story. Right, but even so, just like if I were to manually go and like clean my phone out, I'm taking videos out first. Mm, okay. Because that's just what's gonna show up. It'll you know it'll uh, ask for like the biggest things first. And I can't delete any of my music because I need that on my phone. So <laughs> everything else gotta go. Guess it's time to start asking for nudes again. Fortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Be like, hey, uh, remember that one you sent me? Uh, three months ago? <laughs> <See> that again. <laughs> You remember, you remember that half-naked picture that I got from you back in 2016? Can you redo that? Yeah, like the exact same composition, lighting. Yeah, the same pose. I, I need the lighting. I need it all. <laughs> make sure that the kid that you had last year isn't in the in the picture. <laughs> Everybody's having kids, man. It 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 is true. It's it's uh. Yeah, Chris, I'm pretty sure you're next. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time, but not yet. You you, you guys, this is coming. I, I feel it this year. 2022 is going to be a good year. Yeah, Jamal has been out thotting the entire time, so he, he's probably going to bag himself one later. Uh, allegedly, allegedly. 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 Sorry. Allegedly. Allegedly. I will be going to Barcelona soon, though, so that'll be fun. What? Yeah. How do you just spring that on us? Going to Barcelona. <laughs> Jamal's gonna have a mail order bride. <laughs> Bro, honestly, that might be the move. What you mean? No, well, but that's not the move. <laughs> Why not? It's faster. <laughs> Who has time to date? I'm going at the beginning of next month. For your birthday? Pretty much. I'll be there for like ten days. Wow! What are you gonna so... tell people about this? <laughs> right, right, right. As if my birthday's not the day before yours. Now I gotta reschedule what I was gonna do. By the way, I'm uh, I'm traveling to Barcelona in 30 minutes. So... <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, we, I, we gotta get this shit going. I got my. Yeah, we gotta cut this short. Uh, Jamal, this is so fake because we've celebrated our birthdays together almost every year for like six years. Yeah, and we gotta cut this short because he got he gotta go get his visa after this. <laughs> right. Like, did you get my ticket too? Like <laughs> uh, but no, that's that's gonna be good. Barcelona is beautiful. But 
according to Cheetah Girls too. That's the only <laughs> time I've seen it in a movie. So. Um, speaking of Barcelona, have you guys played Dead Space? No. Oh, I know Chris has. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love it, Adam. Aren't yes. they doing like? Game aren't they doing like another game for that? If I'm not, they're they're remaking the first game. Okay. Dead Space, um, Dead Space, Dead so, Space. <clears throat> Dead Space 1, 2, and 3 are all on Game Pass. And a while ago, Micah and I played through Dead Space 3. We didn't really, I don't think we beat it yet, but um, I uh, I actually beat Dead Space 2 today. I played through 1 and 2 for the first time. I started 1 like a couple of weeks ago, and then I would like intermittently play it between uh, Halo and uh, Rocket League and all those games. Uh, and then Dead Space 2, I was like more intrigued. Dead Space 1 was great, but 2 was like even better. Um, and I'm Are you sure it's still here? I don't see it. It should be. If you search it in Game Pass, you should be able to find it. Sometimes they don't put all the games on the thing. Okay. Like on the... On the big like game. on the lineup. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Dead Space 1 is good, is very good. Dead Space 2 is great. Um, not... Not, not neither of the games are as scary as I thought they would be. Maybe just because I'm older, but they are tense and they are frustrating. Oh, it's EA Play. Okay. Oh, EA Play. That's what. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I think that um, one is probably the scariest from from memory. One is the scariest. One. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely times where because it like, if you're playing through one for the first time, it's uh, you just don't like, like you know what to expect to a degree. But it's your first time going through the corridors and uh, everything like that. But you can tell that it's an older game. Like after mm-hmm. each chapter, you go on the same uh, fucking like little tram, and then you travel to the next area, and then you beat the yeah. area, you travel on the tram. Um, it's still really good. Dead Space Two was was phenomenal. Um, Chris, when you when you played through it, did you play with uh, all the guns, or did you? Because what I I played I played with just the plasma cutter and the line gun. I played with all the guns. Oh yeah, I I never I never put an effort getting the other guns because then like I would be like I, I don't want to juggle in a horror game like I don't want to ju- especially if those two are like they work. There mm-hmm. are definitely times where I would have preferred to have a flamethrower or the a pulse rifle or whatever it was. Um, but at the end of the day, like if you upgrade it that way, you don't have to upgrade fucking six guns. You only upgrade two. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I went through uh, two with that mindset i mean I, I started one with more guns but then i just sold them because i was like i don't need these um but yeah so those games are great if you ever if jamal and uh Wolf, if you guys ever get a chance you should definitely play those you know i don't like scary games <laughs> yeah, yeah can... but it's also like a fun game too like cutting off the limbs of the necromorphs doesn't matter, thing. Doesn't matter. Fair enough okay well jamal i might have to like dive into a scary game i haven't done it yet and I don't know. I feel like I would like the sci-fi games. That's just a territory I never really, or just horror games in general. That's not something I really, really explored. So that would be something good. And I saw the remake. I'm like, huh. All right. I mean, I heard of the game, and I always see different yeah. sci-fi games. I know that's probably like, I don't, I don't know if that's the sci-fi game or not, but I'm like, I know it's a good game. I know it's a popular game. So yeah, it's like one of the um, uh, like standard bears for sci-fi horror specifically. Like that's a that's a specific type of game, you know, but sci-fi games and horror games both kind of like owe a lot to dead space putting putting uh more so sci-fi games on the map like in the 2000s like mass effect and all those mass effect halo yada yada but like dead space was kind of like a lot of people played the other ones like mass effect and halo 
uh, more so than Dead Space, but like Dead Space was like uh, definitely, um, what's the word? Uh, like revolutionary, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Especially, it's a cult classic at this exactly. point. Exactly. Like that, that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to say is like it's a cult classic especially with the sense like you, you don't just they're not just bullet sponges you know like you can strategically cut off limbs of uh aliens and shit okay like i like that because that's one thing i guess i started getting tired of and were like enemies or like bullet sponges i'm like i re- do i really want to go through something and just hack right. the same thing over and over again i'm like let me let me feel the impacts of like the hits that i'm like doing so that's why I like okay yeah. so that's it- good then and the atmosphere, I'd say the atmosphere is by far the best part of it, of that entire uh, series. Oh, absolutely. The atmosphere is fucking phenomenal. Like, yeah. the those moments where you're, like, in the, for lack, well, n- no pun intended, when you're in the middle of the fucking space and, like, the, the breathing and, like, the it's, it's mm-hmm. all fucking great. It's fantastic. Because Ooh. I, from what I, uh, from what I remember, like there's very little music. Um, I like all, that. It's all just like ambiance. Like you hear like pipes banging. You hear like vents getting broken because the necromorphs are running around. And um, so like th- very very little music is involved. Where it's kind of like you know like in Resident Evil, there's like creepy piano playing in the background almost all the time, mm-hmm. even though it's not like super loud. But like Dead Space never relied on music, which uh for a lot of games i would say that like that's the kind of a detriment because music is so like uh essential in creating an atmosphere but not when you're on a fucking broken down spaceship where uh he, like skin flesh eating uh aliens are running around everywhere you know so no but that's cool i feel like uh especially if you're playing that with headphones it's a lot more immersive that's what I, yeah. To, for it to just be like silence and the only sounds you hear are like, you know, enemies or your own movement or whatever. Yeah. That's exactly why I'm not going to play it. I think properly, you, I think properly not having music is a really good thing. Like oh, yeah, Breath, no. of the, Breath of the Wild, there was moments where there was just no music at all. If there was, it was very little, but then obviously like it'll pick up a lot more of the sounds. And I like that. It's like just the quiet, it definitely changes the whole pace of the game. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, um, uh, you brought that up. There's a scene in Avatar, The Last Airbender. I don't know if you guys remember when the, uh, the what do they call him? Combustion Man. Mm-hmm. When he first shows up, there's like no music when he starts to attack them. And it really helped to like, uh, oh yeah. It really helped to like show the gravity of the situation. Uh, I think the episode is called The Beach because it's the same episode where Zuko, Azula, my and Ty Lee are, uh, you know, they're all hanging out together on that island. And then it switches back and forth. But yeah, there was no music when he started attacking. So when Aang is like running away, you really feel like the tenseness of the situation. It was really, it's really good. It's really fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, there's definitely, there's definitely times where music is not necessarily, whether it's TV or games or whatever, and Dead Space did that great. Yes, and you know, if anyone's listening and they're like, "Why the fuck are these guys talking about Dead Space?" That game is fucking fourteen years old or whatever. It's a great game still. It still holds up. Graphics maybe not that much, but Dead Space Two still looks pretty good. Dead Space Three looks uh, pretty good still. Not by far like not the best out of the three games, but Dead Space Three is still good. I mean, EA seems to have that down. Didn't they give it enhancements on um, Xbox? 
Yeah, so um, Dead Space 2 has quick resume. Um, and surprisingly, Dead Space 2's quick resume worked better than uh, a lot of uh, Series X games. Like, whenever I try to jump back into Halo uh, with quick, quick resume, like after turning off the Xbox and yada yada, um, the menu is just like wonky. Like, it says multiplayer is not available and all this stuff. Uh, and I'm just like, wow, this is annoying. Rocket League's the same way. Uh, pretty much any other game that I've played that is like optimized for series X, the quick resume doesn't really work with dead space Two actually did, did work pretty well. Um, and obviously running on a series X, like it, the frame rates, better resolutions, better. Um, so anyone out there that has yet to play dead space and would, you know, find that even somewhat interesting. Cause I went into it with just like, eh, for sure. I'll play it. I'll probably won't beat it. Uh, just to get an experience of it or get a feel for it because like like we said it's a cult classic but obviously I finished one and two because after I finished one I was like I'm I'm gonna play the second one all the way through it's a great game so um, if anyone uh, is trying to find a, a, a game to kind of pass the time if you're tired of Halo or uh, you don't really have anything on the other systems or whatever the case is uh, right now then just give Dead Space a try. Did you play uh, the third one also? Uh, yeah, so me and Micah, we played that. That was actually the first Dead Space that I played because um, it was multiplayer, and I was like, I don't give a shit about the story. Like, let's just play a multiplayer game because that's that that's the that's the best time that we have when like me and him specifically when we're playing games. As right, long as we're multiplayer, then we like that's because we've been playing games together since he was like eight years old, and now he's twenty. So, Jesus. Yeah. So. Uh, obviously, like some of the best gaming moments come from when we're just, you know, on. It, it, it doesn't even need to be in person. Used to be, but now he's down in Georgia. Um, so, right, right. Uh, shout out to Micah. Uh, what's his Twitch channel? Uh, Mikey OQ on Twitch and YouTube. Um, and uh, one of these days, we're gonna have to get him on, whether it's part of the Zoom call or just over the phone or something, just because uh, he is very much like us. He watches animes. He uh, he loves trashing Ubisoft, even though he plays all Ubisoft games. <laughs> it's that um, love-hate relationship. It's like Chris with Pokemon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> also, Speaking of which, that's coming out soon. 11 days. Big, big talk. Big, big talk. Well, what are we... Uh, are, are we ready for that? Are we, are we ready for that? Are we ready for the Pokemon guys? Please well, Adam says he doesn't want it. My so the only thing I'll say what? about this game, well, okay, as of right now, I'm like I said in our group chat, I'm not holding my breath. Like, it, it, from what I've seen, the environments look pretty barren. Um, the graphics aren't like my favorite, but they don't look as bad as people are making it out to be. Um, I'm sure it'll look fine, but I don't think it'll look exceptional. Um, and we're talking about Pokemon uh, Ar Arceus, uh, just to clarify. Is it Arceus or Arceus? I think it's Arceus. I think it's Arc. No, I think it's Arceus. It's Arceus. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. They said they said it uh, during the during the Pokemon Direct. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So Pokemon Arceus is what we're talking about because uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl already came out. So. Oh, we should point out that this is like our first recording of 2022. This is this is our first uh, 2022 show. Yeah. At officially. the time of recording, it is January 17th. Yes. Hopefully. It has been a very very long time since we've gotten uh, <laughs> gotten anything on wax, but <laughs> we're right. back and we're ready to 
we're ready we're to like to charge this. forward for 2022 and stuff. COVID sucks, man. COVID sucks. Yeah. Oh, it um, does. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so Pokemon, like I said, I'll see. I'll, I'll watch you guys play it, and then I'll I'll make a judgment, and then I'll decide whether I want to play it too. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. So, I'm I'm tentatively excited about it. Like anytime Pokemon comes out, you guys know I'm all over it. But I'll have my critiques and everything as soon as it comes out next week. You know me. I'll I'll be ready for it. Wait, next two, week? Two weeks. I thought it comes out next Friday. It does. Oh well, today's Monday. So oh, yeah. right. like next Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, January twenty eighth. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a launch. I'm getting that. I'm not even gonna wait because with the <laughs> remakes, I was like, eh, and I still haven't gotten them, and I don't feel like I'm missing them. But with with Arceus, like this is the like I said, and we've said this before. This is the game that I've been waiting for my yeah, entire yeah. life. You're not missing anything with the remakes, as I, as we were talking about before. They are definitely faithful to a fault sometimes. Um, the games are good, but it's more Pokemon. Like, if you're looking to, to hop into an old school adventure, then hey, but it's not worth your, you know, oh, yeah, go out and get this over Arceus. I would never tell you guys to get uh, BDSP over Arceus. No, get go out and get Arceus. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, uh, I was actually talking to Micah the other day about uh, Pokemon, and um, he uh, said uh, BDSP, like, they're not bad games um, just by default, but, like, they're so, they're <clears throat> literally just the old games. Um, like, they, it, it definitely felt like uh, the Pokemon team was, like, too afraid to step away from the norm because they got, you know, backlash with uh, Sword and Shield when they introduced the the open uh uh what's the area called like the wild area area. wild area Mm -hmm. and uh even though i i like that part but some people were like this is dumb blah 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 so um but i think that like just bdsp was kind of just like fan service and then now arceus is like a a step entirely in in that wild area direction or Mm -hmm. something similar you know so we'll see like you know, I, I I'm not I'm not too pumped about it just because them it being their first attempt at like a full game in that manner, it might not go over well. But if it does, more power to them, and I I hope it I hope it is good. But uh, one thing I did see is that uh, apparently the game is not actually like open world like we thought. It's like more it's, open area. Yeah, it's more like a Monster Hunter where you know you have your hub world and then they just send you out kind of thing uh, okay okay that's, that, that's, that's but like still with the rpg like uh turn-based you know the pokemon shit i could see that as long as the areas are big enough and it's not like oh yeah go out here into this like this limited 15 meteor, yeah. meteor area as long as this areas like in monster hunter where we're exploring we got caves we got like stuff to do like I, that that's what i'm looking for okay okay that should be interesting to see definitely changes how i view the game but we'll see how it turns out still though yeah well I, it's a i don't want to say it's a disappointment but i, I mean it's a, it's still a step in the right direction 
Yeah, at least when I, before you told me that, I was imagining basically like sword and shield in a sense, but more focus on the wild areas and less attention on the towns. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my issue with like the wild area in Pokemon is that it just seemed like a completely separate thing from like the main storyline. Like, yeah, you had to go through it to get to certain cities, but it was just one big area. It didn't, it wasn't like an open world. <sighs> How do I put this? It didn't become, like, it like wasn't you, seamless with like the town areas. It was like, all right. Yes, yes. Like, you can tell the difference didn't... in quality between entering a town and going out into the wild area. Yeah. Right. With being able to move the camera and some mountain and all that. And yeah. And was well, it... that's why I, I like the, uh, I like the DLCs. Um, yeah, a lot the, because the, that was pretty much the only wild area, um, and, and it was huge. Kind of cutting off the flow, exactly, and it was big. And then it, also, it had a lot of uh, legendary Pokemon service, and you know that kind of thing. Which is like, when I was done with the DLC, I wanted to go back to the cave and try to catch as many legendaries as I could, mm-hmm. you know, which is a good good thing to kind of just put in there at the end when you when you are finished, but. The actual DLC, the the stories of the DLCs themselves were pretty solid, considering that it took place in just an open world area, basically. Yeah, like it, it was easy to play. It was easy to jump into. Uh, how much time do we have left? Because we don't want to spend too much time on this. Right. Apparently, ten, apparently, ten minutes left. Yeah. Jesus. I know. So. Oh, it yeah, says it at the top. Yikes. Yeah. All right. We'll uh, we'll put a little break in after our banter's over, and then we'll we'll. Hop off, hop back in, and uh, start up talking oh, about the lot. show. Uh, should we just run out the <laughs> the last ten minutes then? I mean, yeah, I mean, why not? If we if we have any uh, other side side notes to point out, if not, we can just restart it. Uh, oh, what else uh, are you guys playing in the meantime? BD- or any shows? BDSP sounds like a kink. I just wanted to say that. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Well, uh, I am currently playing the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection to get ready for the movie. I uh, I know that we all know that the movie is going to suck. Why do you guys think it's going to be bad? Tom Holland's... It's not okay, who's Tom, in it? It's not Tom can, Holland's. It's Hollywood. I was about to say, can no, Tom Holland save this movie? <laughs> Listen, I have enjoyed so much of spider-man I, i'm at the point where i don't think he can do anything wrong well that's the thing like he's a good actor i don't think he's going to be a good nathan drake mm-hmm. i i like tom holland i like mark Wahlberg too but this movie seems so out of place and i think that they're, they're going into it with the mindset that like they're going to try to make this like a, a, a long series franchise mm-hmm. like where you know Nathan Drake. He starts young, but then as Tom Holland gets older, then you know when he's done with Spider-Man, whenever that is, then he can become like a an iconic uh, Nathan Drake, you know, actor. And then he he gets older, he you know gets a little bit bigger, blah blah blah. And then Mark Wahlberg grows the mustache uh, as as the movies go on. It's crazy. I didn't know this movie was coming out until you guys mentioned it last week. It's literally coming out like next month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just want to say, like, going through and replaying the the trilogy, it makes me respect and love the games even more. They, I'm just, 
I will be sorely upset if they mess it up because they could do it so well. In fact, um, I, it, it's funny that you mentioned the mustache because uh, um, what's his face? Um, Mark Wahlberg looks looks more like Nathan Drake in the freaking mm-hmm. uh, previews than than our, our boy does. Even though, like I said, I love Tom Holland. I I I, I think that he's a, a fantastic actor. But can he carry this role? Can he carry this movie? I, I don't know. It's gonna it's definitely gonna be interesting to to see how they you know run through it and how much because uh, some of the scenes are like take place in different uncharted move or different uncharted games so it's like i don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna do it if if they were planning on doing it chronologically uh they that's out the window because that that one the plane scene is from uncharted 3 so it's like uh i i don't know we'll we'll see how it goes i'm tentatively gonna say that uh if tom holland does care does carry it then it's gonna be a good movie but we'll see and that's the problem with like video game movies in general, because when you try to draw from like, I don't want them to try and do too many things at once. I've never seen Uncharted. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Uncharted is one of Sony's like core series. Um, there's three, there's three games, right? Or is there four? There's five, five officially oh, Jesus. or six officially. I'm sorry. There's one, one that was one off on Vita. There's Lost Legacy, and then there's four for the main line. So Uncharted okay. 1 through 4, then Uncharted Lost Legacy, and Uncharted Golden Abyss. So if they were to try and, like, maybe, well, because Adam said they were going to try and make this a series, possibly. If they don't, then they would have to try and take, like, major parts from 1, 2, 3, and 4, and then just try to kind of shove them all together into one cohesive story, which almost never works. I can't think of any examples right now, but there's a lot of uh, video game movies that have tried to compile too much information and then end up speeding through. Or just any movie that takes too much of the source material and tries to stuff it together. Like with Dragon Ball Evolution and uh, Avatar, but those are just legendarily bad movies either way. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be that bad to that degree, Um, but uh, like... I'm just going to predict on like a Rotten Tomatoes scale, it's probably going to be around like 40 something percent. Like not not a god awful movie, but not a good movie, you know, especially to people like, who's this for? It's for people that love Uncharted and video games, like, and they're already kind of iffy about it. I, is it going to be like uh, on HBO? No. It's coming out in theaters. Only. It's coming out in theaters, yeah. Because I haven't seen any trailers for it or anything no. like that. So. No, I've seen, I'll, um, I'll have to send you a trailer in the chat later. But Yeah, I saw a trailer for it like on Instagram uh, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I, I, you have not that you watch the whole trailer on Instagram because you're just like, I fucking who cares. But I was very interested in the comments. So I went to the comments and pretty much everyone's like, wow, this is going to be bad. This sucks. Uh, where's the mustache for Sully? Uh, why isn't Nathan Fillion Nathan Drake it's literally his name he's he's actually Nathan Drake and I've said that before too and I don't even play Uncharted but mm-hmm. I don't know maybe they maybe they tried and he wasn't interested but Tom Holland is just a very out there choice to play Nathan Drake I think they might be relying on a name value to kind of 
carry the numbers for this. And it will to a degree, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, like there, there's going to be the people, oh, who have n- seen nothing but Spider-Man and Avengers. There's going to be the the little girls that love Tom Holland out there. but And the know, older women that love Mark Wahlberg. That too, you know. So there, there's going to be some, some you know, j- there's going to be some hype generated around this movie. It's oh, just, Antonio Banderas is in it. Yeah, yeah, like, they got some names in it. Like, it's not, it's not like, you know, um, no, I don't. I don't see a lot of no names. Yeah, no, uh... it should on paper. It should be a good movie. It should be a a, a knock it uh, or you should be able to knock it out of the out of the park. Like it's freaking uh, it's Tomb Raider, but um, a male version of her. You know, so I I don't know. You, you should be able to do it. But Can Tom Holland be as iconic as Laura Croft though. Let let let's hope. <laughs> he's already had to fill big shoes with spider-man let's hope that's but, true and i but, would say he's probably the best spider-man if anything um, i think the action scenes will at least be good whether the whole movie is good or not i don't know but i feel like the action is because tom holland's athleticism will help care help with those action scenes yeah but also have you like if you watch the trailer they just like every movie coming out nowadays um Aside from like, like Marvel is probably one of the best uh, like studios out there uh, in terms of movies and trailers and not putting every single thing in the trailer just because like that's that's what gets a lot of their audience to the theater is the surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the trailer, it's the whole movie. It's the whole movie. That was that was uh, what I was seeing in the comment section as well. Is that oh. So I don't need to go to the theater because I just watched the whole movie on Instagram. Like, yes, essentially. Oh no, I don't yeah, want to see so that. It, it, you, yeah, you really hate to see it. Like, yeah. so there's a, there's a lot of criticisms for this movie already. Um, let's hope that it performs well. Yeah, yeah. But all right, so Jamal, you want to restart the meeting now, and then we'll hop back in and get into Bebop. Yeah, the because you know it does perform well, Cowboy Bebop. Damn right. Wolfie's right. like, eh, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I, I had my transition ready, but we didn't we didn't get the time. <laughs> it's fine. All right, so we're here to talk about Cowboy Bebop episode seven through nine. Yes, we are. Uh, starting first with the. Uh, seven and uh moving through to nine what did you guys think about these uh these episodes all right so real quick so episode seven uh we start off uh we learn about this uh this space trucker lady named vt and uh she's clocking out of work and this uh these guys come up and i guess she has this game where uh people try to guess her name and uh, if they get it wrong they have to pay her so they try and guess her name they get it wrong she ends up going to like a bar and she uh, asks the bartender why there's so many people here apparently there's like a heavy bounty and a bunch of guys are looking for it and i think jet and spike were both there uh you guys correct me if i'm wrong jet and spike were both there looking and i guess they got the information from Faye 
and Spike didn't Spike. really trust it. Because Spike he, was there. Jet Jet was still on the uh, on the bebop. Oh, Jet, yeah, he was still on the bebop. So um, he's there, and I guess he's nursing a hangover. So he's trying to get some nasty drink with like eggs and shit. And uh, yeah, Faye it's called a prairie is prairie oyster. Is that like a real thing? Uh, yeah, I think so. Have you ever? I'd say Ad, Adam would know. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I would not drink that. All right. I so hope then not. We, it nasty. No, it looks fucking nasty. So then we cut to Faye, and she's in this restaurant, and she's looking for the guy. And I guess the only uh, identifying factor for him was that he had a dragon tattoo. So she ends up pulling her gun on this random guy who was sitting down because she saw, like, in his open shirt, a piece of a tattoo that she assumed was going to be a dragon. It turned it, uh, it turned out that it was an eel. And the guy that uh, she told to call the cops was actually the guy that they were looking for. So he makes a run for it. Um, he makes a run for it. And then, hold on, I have to go back to the Wikipedia article to see what happens. During his run for it, he runs into... Uh, one of the one of the other drivers that is friends with VT, uh, the one that we meet at the beginning of the the very beginning of the episode. Uh, Otto um, is his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Otto hits her up and he's like, "Yo, man, just wreck my 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 truck." Blah 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 blah. Uh, this is what he had on the side of his truck. Da 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 da. So she sends out, uh, you know. To the, rest APB, of the yeah, to the rest of the yeah. truckers and like hey if you guys see this guy um you know let me know if you see him uh a guy eventually confirms his location and then vt and spike and Faye and jet they uh go look for him oh and we should also point out that uh vt hates bounty hunters she thinks mm-hmm. they're like the scum of the earth and then we find out why later. Um, so they go out, they try to look for him. There's like a nice little high-speed chase. But uh I guess I wasn't sure what it was that they were driving into. It looked like a it looked like a planet. It looked like a like it, a meteorite or something. It was uh I believe it was a meteor that they were mining for whatever was in the core of it. I'm pretty sure that that's what it was. Right. So they're they're driving through there and I guess he can't control whatever truck that he uh, he was um, driving or flying, I guess. And he ends up crashing and they lose the bounty because his like the glass breaks and he pretty much dies because there's no oxygen in space, obviously. Mm -hmm. So then they're like trapped. So then they kind of have to use. they use this like capsule that he had been uh he had been throwing capsules at them with like some explosive like nitrous or something to like get away so spike had a plan to get uh to get them to just kind of blow up an opening and they could exit out themselves well because the truck that decker was driving had explosives on it exactly yep and that is that what his bounty was for for just because he had that right yeah, because it was transporting the, those explosives. They were like some type of special explosive. They were more powerful than the normal nitrous that uh, you carry around, essentially. Yeah. I don't know why you would ever carry that shit around anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so eventually the plan works. Uh, they blow their way through. Um, 
Spike ends up, I'm, I'm skipping parts, but Spike ends up like uh, finding out VT's name because I guess he got a hold of her locket. And then we find out that VT is the wife of a former famous, very famous bounty hunter. And I guess he passed away either on the job or otherwise. And I guess that's why she has such a negative like feeling towards uh, bounty hunters. Um, she offers Spike like all the money that everyone else who failed to guess her name gave her. Um, he just took the money for his drink and said, oh, well, you know, you can leave the rest to your husband. I hope he's nursing a hangover in heaven, blah, 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 blah. We get a nice little wholesome moment after that. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that was the end of the episode. Yes. Here. So first things first, this is another failed bounty episode. Yep. I like how there's no truckers money. in space. I'm like, okay, cool. We got to see right. some, we got to see some space truckers. Some hauling yeah, some was, big um, ass shit. This was definitely uh, just, it wasn't one of my favorite episodes in terms of like action scenes, yada, yada, because there wasn't really any action in it, but it did a great job in like just setting up more of like, there's not just like police and bounty hunters and, and vigilantes or whatever, uh, uh, like in this galaxy, you know, like there's people that are just trucking, like they're just operating. Yeah. Like, trucking vessels and there's this whole like uh dynamic between them like vt sends out an apb on this guy and then all the other truckers are like yes ma'am i hear you loud and clear and like all that stuff it's like it, it's so real it yeah exactly. like it's so real it might not have been like, a lot of action but i think it was definitely intense like i don't know I always find like areas like when people find themselves like in mines or something especially when it's like highly explosive i find those moments like can be very intense obviously it kind of gets old and becomes a cliche but i still think because, it can be yeah. very intense though i think there was one moment we we're talking about music earlier i think there was one moment there was like no sound either i think in this episode i forgot what part it was though oh it's yeah. the part where uh spike so his plan was he set his little escape pod to like go straight towards uh, where he wanted to blast the opening. So he had to um, put in earplugs and hold his breath, launch himself from the pod to go to VT's truck while Faye is taking um, an explosive from the truck and putting it in the pod so that it would explode by the time it hit you know whatever he wanted it to hit mm -hmm. so when he's floating in space i think there was no sound at that point if i'm, I'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure that whole scene like and when she's trying to uh play operation on the fucking truck and uh blows a hole in the side of one of the containers and she's like well what what there's some gas that just came out what happened <laughs> right. yeah that was the stabilization <laughs> It is one of those episodes where it's like Faye is very, she's still, I mean, she's a little bit more useful than she was when she first joined. Cause at least now, you know, she's actively on missions and, you know, kind of helping them get bounties and whatnot, but she's so like aggressive and there's like little to no finesse in her whatsoever. And we see that in first the first ask questions exactly. later. <laughs> and we see that in the next episode, even more, yeah. um, but yeah, overall, I thought this was a, like Adam said, it was a decent episode, not one of my favorites, but it was a nice little wholesome, low stakes kind of thing. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I enjoyed it. The scene where uh, Faye pulled the gun, like, it was just like in a diner, right? Like, 
That's yeah, it was like a children's themed restaurant, and she like she like kind of seductively walks up to the guy. Yeah. I thought that part was uh, kind of cool. And yeah, see, at least she's using her powers for good. That scene, um, it definitely kind of like, uh, um, like upheld the whole vibe of the show. Just like, oh, this is kind of um, not because it, it, it with the music and everything, like the theme song, it comes across as like a detective show or something like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not really that. But with that scenario, her like pulling the gun in the in the restaurant, um, and then there being just a mix up, blah blah blah. Like it's a it's a classic trope from that kind of um, like genre. Uh, even though that's not really what the show is, it's mm-hmm. like you know, uh, a, a sci-fi action adventure show with bounty hunters. But it it still upholds that that whole uh, theme that's going on. I, I, I that was probably even though it was early on in the show, I thought that that was one of the best scenes in the show. Oh yeah, episode. I think uh, back to what you were saying earlier, Adam, about you know it expanding the universe and you looking at that moment and you're you're like, yo, like we're at a children's theme. We're at Weenie Hut Junior right now. Exactly. (laughs) It's 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 great. Like you don't even think, oh yeah, there are kids in this universe. There there there's children out here in space. And like you, you see their whole like economy, like interstellar trucking. It seems like, um, you know, it, it seems like the natural progression of a yeah. job in space. Right. Like, why not? That um, that episode was called uh, "Heavy Metal Queen," and uh, like going into it, I was like, "Huh, does this mean like there's like a mob queen or something like that that listens to you know heavy metal?" Blah blah blah. Something similar, but obviously BT's just a trucker. um and for like they were just like let's just make this character like the center of this episode and she listens to heavy metal while trucking around and stuff and that's the reason um but also like basically she is the queen of truckers who would think that that even matters in a show like this but like it does in terms of world building and in this case galaxy building you know like she's the queen of the truckers and she has this whole charade going like oh you, you you get all the money that i have if you can guess my name it's just like, who the fuck thinks of this stuff? It's awesome. Right. Um, I was wondering, for those of you who haven't already seen this show, Chris, um, do we think that uh, VT will make uh, another appearance anytime later? Nah, no. I don't think so. No, nah, you don't think she's important enough? No, um, I think she, unle- I mean, she's a very good character, but I don't think, I don't see her coming back to be, yeah, yeah I just don't. Unless there was something like where at the end they have this big, they had this big job or something like that, and then like uh, the crew has to go back and recruit a bunch of like old uh, friends and and people in the show, you know, like kind of like Sly Cooper three or something like that, you know. Oh uh, yeah, I would and I would then, like that. And then she sends out an APB to all the all the other truckers, and then like they help out or something. Do I think that's gonna happen? I don't really, but if it does, I'm like, oh shit, that's dope. Um, oh, Chris is smiling like he knows some. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could see them. I could see. Chris them was like rolling eating. his eye, like I don't know shit. <laughs> no, honestly, because I, I feel like she's the type of character, and she, she's the type of character where I feel like if they needed to call upon somebody, she's useful. She's a right. trucker. She knows her way around the universe. I would assume uh, she would probably know a lot of information, being the wife of a famous, famous bounty hunter, like. Mm-hmm. You know, even though she, you know, she was so against bounty hunting uh, in the beginning, but you know, we we see why, and she seems like the type of character that can come back. Um, yeah. 
So oh yeah, when uh, those do you you guys saw when those uh, I think they were bounty hunters, the ones with the ponchos, and they were harassing the waitress. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, and like he, one of them like grabbed her and tried to kiss her, and she was like, "No, stop! Someone help me!" Blah 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 blah, and she just comes in and yeah, fuck shit up. Wrecking. You know, at first when they showed her, I wasn't uh, sure that she was a woman, just because the way she's drawn, like she has a very like square face. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this voice actor is clearly a woman, but this character, I can't really tell. And so I switched the audio to Japanese to see if I could, uh, to see if it would be more obvious. And it really wasn't. Even the the Japanese voice was kind of, uh, what's the word? Not androgynous, but what's the word for like, when it could go either way? Um, uh, Damn it. Uh, is, is it not androgynous? I mean, I guess that word works like too. Ambiguous? But I think that's, I think a, ambiguous. There we go. Androgynous, I think, is more for like appearance. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so it was, it was like ambiguous. Yeah. So yeah, episode seven was solid. Um, I, I did like it. I think everyone liked it to, to as much as we were supposed to, not anymore, no less, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, is, it, is everyone ready to go to episode eight? I'll, I'll do episode eight. Yeah. Uh, real quick, can we do like a? How did we like it? Scale one to ten. I'd say, uh, in terms of the galaxy building and and you kind of just building, uh, setting up uh, potential characters that we might see later on. I'd say it did a great job. So I'm going to give it an eight. I, I would say the same. Um, I would give it a seven, just because I would I would have liked for there to be a bit more action. Um, I right. did think the the moment where uh, Spike had to like use his gun to propel himself after he missed uh, VT's hand, I thought that was really cool. And Spike is just probably the most resourceful protagonist I've seen in a long time. Um, right. Yeah, I, I give it a seven. I thought it was good. I give this. I give it a seven too. I like the world bidding, but there wasn't. I don't know. I didn't feel necessarily a a bond or like a strong connection with VT unlike in the next episode I felt like okay like this next character that we get introduced to like I started feeling more connection because I guess we see more of his backstory we don't really know much we didn't really figure much about VT until at the end so I kind of wish there was a little bit more foreshadowing before that maybe I could have felt something more with VT but yeah I mean while this scene like in the mind and then like asteroid mine whatever was like it was intense but it wasn't really enough action or anything i didn't feel like anybody's i don't know they could have definitely done more with feeling like all right this is like a life or death moment yeah the situation they were in was but it still kind of fell short and like yeah they were very casual yeah making it seem like way so yeah Yeah, even with the dialogue when Faye was trying to pick out the uh the little thing uh vt was like yeah what's the worst that could happen you mess up and we all die yeah. It was like, okay. <laughs> right, right. It's like, all right. <laughs> okay, I guess we're just over it. Uh, Chris, what what would you what'd you give? I would probably say that this episode deserves uh, seven. It uh, wasn't heavy in the action department like we talked about. Um, had a couple of tense moments. We got, we got, a, we got more backstory from, from the universe. Uh, and I it's not my favorite episode of the the series. No, and no, you, not at all. Yeah, you got you guys can all understand why yeah. it wouldn't be a favorite. So, it looks but so like far, none of these seven. episodes have been bad. No, no, no. 
Session seven, Heavy Metal Queen gets a seven from the Otaku Street crew. All right, right, on to session, AKA episode eight, uh, called Waltz for Venus. Um, So uh, starting out, Spike and Faye are on a commercial shuttle into Venus in order to catch a trio of small time hijackers. Um, And their targets are Huey, Louie and Dewey, which is hilarious. Um, And uh, they, pull out their guns. They all start shooting. Uh, Spike very effortlessly, effortlessly knocks out two of them um, while, uh, while waking from a nap. Uh, and then Faye uses a stun perfume, which is pretty interesting. Not necessarily a gun, but a perfume to knock out the third one. Um, and then they actually do get a bounty at the Venus spaceport, uh, 1.5 million Wulongs. Um, and then on board the, uh, uh, the shuttle, uh, Rocco Bonaro, who is a, he's trying to get a package somewhere uh, on the planet. Uh, he's introduced, and unfortunately, he's told uh, that it's going to cost him 5,000 Wulongs. Um, so then when he sees Spike, he, uh, uh, th- he threatens the cu- uh, customer service member to send the package. Um, and so Rocco decides to uh, attempt to, like, he, 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 tr- he charges Spike. Uh, and then when he's obviously just nothing, he's thrown down, uh, he's like awestruck and impressed uh, by Spike's fighting skills. So it oh, kind and of, he wants him to be his sensei. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, uh, Master. it progresses into this thing where it's just like, uh, oh my God, please teach me, teach me. I want to be like you, daddy. Um, and, but I've like, we've seen that before in, in anime, right? Like, where someone is just mesmerized by uh by basic maybe, skill <laughs> right or just like someone's good at fighting or like i can't i i i um uh we were just talking about it too uh demon slayer like a nosuke he sees uh he, he's impressed by uzui right or no mm-hmm. uh um oh Rengoku. oh giyu i said gooey giyu uh, he's impressed by uh, Gyu and Rengoku and like all those guys. And as soon like as soon as he sees it, he's like, you know, uh, he, he's just uh, flabbergasted and enamored with like their skill. So it's that kind of thing going on here with Rocco. Um, so we're gonna uh, move forward a little bit. Um, back on the Bebop, uh, Jet is complaining uh, to Spike uh, about Phase taking off without letting him know, because uh, you know we are we talk about how Faye's like kind of reckless she's not very graceful and everything so um you know spike is is getting upset about that um and so uh their next target is a picaro calvino uh and they stole uh, a very valuable plant called gray ash um and spike sees that rocco is part of the crew uh and uh the package he was given is that same plant um, so he was trying to get that, that package somewhere on Venus, uh, and we're, we're going to find out where, where that was supposed to be going in just a little bit. So then, uh, Jet notes that the plants are worth tens of millions of Wulongs and are used in medicine to cure a blindness disease called Venus sickness. Faye immediately proposes, uh, selling the plant just because it's Faye. Um, and then Jet being the awesome good guy that he is, he dismisses it, um, and says that it's not right because it's stolen. Like, you know, this, this isn't just something that, that we found, like it's, it's a stolen item. Um, so Faye tries to uh, find Picaro, Spike flies off 
uh, in the swordfish uh, to investigate a ruined shuttle in the desert. Uh, and then there he encounters a woman hiding in the shadow, holding him uh, at gunpoint. And then um, from there, we uh, discover that she is uh, Rocco's sister, uh, Stella. Uh, Spike learns that she has venous sickness, AKA like she has that blindness sickness. Um, and uh, she's completely blind, which I didn't, I didn't pick up on uh, at first because her, her eyes, like they showed no, uh, there was no indication that she was blind, but you know. Right, there was no like, uh, <clears throat> what's the word, pupils? But right. like, you know how like people can just be drawn differently yeah. in animates all the time, yeah. you know, just for appearance purposes. So I didn't think she would be blind. Plus she held a, she held a gun to him. So like, right, exactly. <laughs> where were you going like, to shoot if he wasn't there? <laughs> like, are you daredevil? What the fuck? How did you well, know? What, what if there was at? more than one person there? <laughs> right. <laughs> like you really, everyone's just reckless in the show. <laughs> um, so uh, after that, Rocco is, uh, he's caught by Picaro and his gang uh, in the bathroom. Um, pissing, that is my, I'll get to that later. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, like while he's <laughs> pissing. So he's hes captured. Uh, they beat him up, they interrogate him. Um, but Rocco still isn't going to, he's not going to break and tell them where the gray ash is. Um, but then they say uh, like, oh, we know you have a sister. Uh, and then he, you know, because he, his whole thing is that he wants to cure his sister's blindness. Uh, he gives up info on Spike. Um, so Faye, of course, uh, her search for Picaro just goes on to, a, it, it's just a, a wild goose chase. Um, and then she ends up getting set up uh, and tries to find Jet and Spike. Um, and then Rocco and Spike meet at their arranged time and place. Um, that's where Spike tells Rocco that he's a bounty hunter. Rocco, uh, Kind of shockingly, but I guess not because you saw the interrogation scene. He he pulls out his gun, um, and uh, like also on top of that, you're kind of surprised because you're like, "What the fuck?" Like, didn't Rocco just you know he he was completely enamored by by Spike, but then once he finds out that he's a bounty hunter, he pulls a gun on him. Like, what the fuck? You're just going back and forth, but you know that's besides the point. Um, so then instead of like actually threatening him uh he drops the gun uh because he knows that the plan is for stella's uh blindness his sister uh so he he tells spike to run um but of course picaro's gang uh surrounds them so a shootout commences and uh, rocco tries to run for cover with the gray ash plant um Faye makes it uh to the meeting place uh and then you know starts shooting uh she joins the shootout very um, very recklessly as yeah, usual just no like finesse whatsoever <laughs> exactly uh so jet joins the the shootout uh etc cetera, etc cetera. um and then during the fight uh one of the uh gang members uh takes rocco um or, or like he, he he starts fighting him uh one-on-one -on -one, uh but then uh rocco uses uh spikes uh you know the the techniques that spike taught him um to evade and like could, so the way spike like told him how to fight was basically like how bruce lee would instruct people how to fight like you have to be the water um you know don't be don't be the glass that the water's in and be the water itself you gotta be really fluid you gotta not be as tense yada yada um so uh, Faye uh, corners Picaro uh, and forces him to surrender, but um, 
through during the ensuing shootout, Rocco gets shot. Um, and Rocco and uh, like while he's dying, he's like, I wonder if we could have been friends talking to Spike if they if they met like earlier. Um, so Rocco dies. Uh, and uh, so after that, Spike goes to visit Stella. Uh, and then Stella's like, oh, my God, where's Rocco? Blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Spike doesn't really say anything. But then Stella's like, OK, well, he's dead, huh? It's like I always knew he was going to get himself hurt. Uh, you know, in the business that that he was he was doing. Um, so then she uh, she asked Spike uh, what he was really like, and then Spike uh, replies um, that she knows better than anyone that he was a terrific guy. Uh, so of course Spike's a good guy. Yada yada. Later, Spike stops at a small fruit stand in a, in a little square to buy an apple. And as he goes on his way, uh, he takes a bite. The spores that were responsible for Stella's blindness begin to fall like snow. Um, so that's pretty terrifying that just spores can cause anyone on a planet to go blind. Um, but so in a nutshell, that is that is session eight, uh, Waltz for Venus. I like Rocco. It was sad to see him go. Yeah, in the short amount of time that we had with him, I was like, that's a that's an interesting character, a guy who's like mixed up with gang activity, but like he's just trying to like we've seen it before, you know, but um him adding the uh the the fact that he was just so obsessed with Spike up until the point where he found he was a bounty hunter that added an extra layer of uh development to him. The part that confused me about that is when Spike and Homegirl like handled the hijackers, wouldn't you assume that they're you know, bounty hunters. I like. I thought he knew, because I thought he saw. Because uh, you, uh, you guys saw when uh, when Spike got paid, right? When he got paid by the little kiosk for doing the bounty, and then uh, Faye asks him for money or for her share, and he like, you know, he gives it to her, and I, and then Rocco shows up like right after. I thought he knew because he was on the plane. Yeah, I thought he knew too going like going throughout the episode, but um I guess just because he you know, he was so like worried about his own shit. Right. Yeah, and I think it goes back to his naivety too because you you guys in the scene he's like, "Yeah, can't we just let him go?" Like he didn't do nothing. Let him go. <laughs> like let him let him go. Yeah. Yeah, like you guys could have all died. Right. But oh now Rocco, Rocco's a cool character. Um, it, it was kind of funny seeing. I like. I thought he was trying to trick, uh, trying to trick Spike by you know wanting to be his friend. But something about him seemed so like earnest and like he he didn't seem like a real bad guy. So even when we saw him like as a bounty, I was like, ah. But um, I remember Faye saying like, oh, they would give them more money if they put them in as a group. But like he just happened to be working with them, like you said, just to make ends meet and to help his sister and to do what he needed to do. Because um, I, I assume it was just the two of them, right? He was just taking care of both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he he's one of those like tragic. I wouldn't even call him a villain. He's not even an antagonist. Right. He's like a so, tragic anti-hero. Right. In a sense. And uh, like Jamal said, we got to know a little bit more about his backstory. And I feel like because he's a more fleshed out character than VT was, I like I was I felt bad when he got shot because I knew once he got shot, it was over. Mm -hmm. 
like that that little thumbs up from spike and then just right after is like damn man yeah i uh i was i was i was pretty shocked to see that he got shot like i thought it was going to be like oh he shot but he makes he survives but then when i saw he, he was dying i was like wow they 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 pulled the trigger pun intended yeah. um so uh i really i did like Rocco, I like the the whole side story with that one. I did like it more than uh, session seven, so um, I'm gonna get like I, I'll backtrack seven. Session seven gets a seven from me uh, going back now, so then this one can get an eight. Um, I did like uh, there was more action uh, in this one, um, and uh, I just I, I honestly I I think it it gets held back because Rocco died. Um, I think he should have made it just you know because like you're not gonna we're not we're not gonna see stella again like we might have seen him and uh rocco and stella again after like had he survived but now we won't so i mean yeah, we did at least kind of get like a happy ending with stella saying that she was gonna get her uh, her surgery and that her eyes would be better or fully healed she said but <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, it sucks to to lose a good character in the episode that you need him I am also, I'm, I'm good with giving this an eight. I also want to give it an 8.5 because it had one of my favorite funny scenes in it. When Faye is looking for, what's the guy's name that she was looking for? Uh, for the- She's the, looking for that gang member or is that the name of the group that it was? Picaro or something? Picaro yeah. is the person, yeah. I think. Okay, so Picaro is the guy. Yeah, the did dude. you did you guys see when she walked? She walked in on this dude in bed with another dude. Oh and put yeah, the gun in his mouth and said, "Where is he?" Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was fantastic. That was hilarious. I was just like, "Wow, this is." Because so... <laughs> Faye is all about that action. Oh, yeah, she she's just crazy. I'm I'm starting to like her more and more. I mean, yeah. I always liked her at the beginning, but she was kind of annoying. But these past two episodes, she's, I don't want to say proven her usefulness, but she's proven her usefulness. She's acting and, more like a part of the group rather, just, rather than like yeah. an outside entity or whatever, like a guest. Yeah. Now she feels more a part of the group. So I guess you see, you feel that she's more incorporated in what she's doing, like with the oh, overall she- mission in total. Oh yeah, she's incorporated with with the group now because she she pulled she's been pulling some shit as of lately, and yeah. I, and I'm gonna get to that when we get to to this next episode. But for this episode, I wanted to give my ranking. Um, Adam, I um I like the end, and I like the fact that he dies. I'm disagreeing with you right now, just for uh, <laughs> just yeah. so it's just so we so know. the sake argument. Form. Um, so I, I like the end because it shows the real stakes in the show. It shows a, not everything is going to end up well, as we yeah, always gonna know, say that. but oh, it, it, it might not end up well, real bad. Like it, it, it might end up way, way different than you even thought it was going to end. And yeah. Then, like people can die. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then we, we get uh the 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 character growth from spike you know we get more of oh yeah people can recognize that he has the goodness in his heart even though he does bad shit (laughs) even though he's done quite quite bad shit in the past as we know from uh you know the last 
the last cluster of episodes that we were watching. You know, he was a part of he was part of a gang himself. So it's mm-hmm. it it I think it um perfectly shows off that. And I'm gonna give it an eight point five like whoop. I'm gonna give Jamal. it I'm gonna give it an eight. I like more that we could connect with um I guess the other main character of the show. The villains weren't really that important. They were probably just more of the driving factor in it. There was definitely some good action, but I don't know. I feel like it was missing that very, I don't know. It didn't feel like an episode that was really important to the overall series or not enough important to our main characters for it to be like a higher ranking. So that's why I'm giving it an eight. Yeah. It felt like it was giving a lot of, it was devoting a lot of the time to like several different characters all at once, even including Rocco more so than like make it about Spike or make it about Faye. It was kind of like about almost every character in the show, um, which isn't always a bad thing, but sometimes it can kind of be to the detriment where it's like, all right, not every everyone's developing, but like baby steps instead of taking a big step forward for one person. Right, because we only have like 20 minutes for the episode. So you got to, you know, you got to get into it quick and easy. Um, This was a successful day. They did cash out on the bounty, which I think counts for something. Right. Um, Like, I I really want to keep track because I want them to be successful by the time we get to session 25 or however many episodes there are. Mm. So episode eight, a.k.a. session eight. Well, uh, uh, be careful because there is only like four minutes left. Yeah, yeah. I've just yeah. Session eight gets a eight to eight point five from the Otako crew. Oh, Otaku, yeah. Otako, Otaku, Otakos, <laughs> the Otakos. Recording and progress. Third of the night, third and final. Just keep that in. That's how people know we're virtual when they hear recording in progress. All right. It's not possible to record the video too, right? I know I asked this like last year, but I don't remember. It is. It is, but I'm pretty sure that's premium as well. (laughs) Of course. Um, I think I can do it through MCPS, but whatever. Um, So session nine of Cowboy Bebop is called Jamming with Edward. Uh, Does anyone want to run through this or do you want me to do the whole synopsis? Um, I can start it off and then you can like finish. Okay. Um, So from what I remember, I think there's a, there's a satellite that's, it's like a lonely satellite. (laughs) That's just a carving, um, it starts carving like these uh these crop like circle animals. life shits yeah, yeah. I, was, I wanted to call them crop circles but they're not really crop circles because they're like actual like the shapes of birds and animals and whatnot mm-hmm. he's carving like, them into like the the earth this is this takes place on earth and i think they said it's like in huh? literally 3d printing animals right <laughs> exactly he's 3d printing animals on like the face of south south america or something or what was called south america right um and they put on about they put out a bouncy because they assumed that it was hackers that you know took over a satellite and decided to put these images uh or decided to burn these images into the ground so they put out a bounty on them and Faye, Jet, 
and Spike are considering it and Faye is of the impression that uh, <laughs> that it should be easy to find them because hackers are, quote, dang, what did she say? She said... Feet smelling, <laughs> they have like, I don't know, like chunky or chunky, smelly feet otakus or something like that. Yeah, she yep, said smelly yep. feet otakus. The otaku, <laughs> the otaku hate was real. I was like, yeah, okay, was, yeah. Faye, I forgot all about that shit. Wow, hating us from the past. Mm-hmm. We don't have smelly, um, we don't, P.S., we don't have smelly feet. At least I don't think we do. I don't, at least right. I don't, and I doubt anybody else has. Uh, not right now, at least. Oh, my, my socks are, my socks are very <laughs> So they, they offer an agent. <laughs> no, that's different. Uh, okay, so they they offered an eight million dollar bounty. Uh, now I'm looking on the website. Eight million uh, wulong. Sorry, eight million wulong bounty for whoever is responsible for hacking and blah 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 blah. Uh, Spike doesn't even want to do it because he assumed it would be boring. Um, so then I we are introduced to who we learn is what is what's the word radical eddie radical, radical edward. edward radical edward um and adam you can go on from here yeah so i just uh, lost it ed is uh laying outside and um she is listening to the radio and surfing the net because she's a hacker um and like not just a hacker like the hacker but every like her name is edward but so everyone thinks that this this world renowned hacker is like a grown man um but that comes later on in the show obviously <laughs> well and, not uh, even there, there there was like several different there was like several different oh yeah stories. yeah yeah oh a seven yeah. foot retired basketball player hindu <laughs> guru drag yeah. queen something there was a there's a last word yeah hindu guru drag queens alien there was yeah hindu yeah. guru drag queen alien that is yeah. who we, <laughs> that's what we that was expecting. the profile they, that jet got <laughs> yeah that's what they put the bounty on was that just abomination of a person um <laughs> so it turns out it's this little girl edward and we all find out like really early on but everyone else doesn't um until later or at least our crew doesn't later uh, until later um, but so she hacks into the earth gate um, uh, where she uh, sees where the bebop is uh, supposed to uh, uh, land. Um, and she gets a really, uh, really excited about the bebop. Um, so then uh, after that, um, Ed is having fun with a remote controlled uh, toy uh, out in the uh, desert where she's hanging out. And then the Earth Police Department arrived to investigate a suspected hacker attempt. Um, and so uh, at Ed, instead of hiding, uh, after, you know, I think initially she hides really quick, but then after a few minutes, she happily says hi because they're not expecting a little girl. Um, so then she starts to take control of their ship while they're inside the building that she's in. Uh, and then she flies it around like a toy. Um, she loses control and then the officers are devastated because like she crashes she crashes the ship um and then later on she hacks into the bebop as spike is sleeping uh and then um she finds out that the that the crew is after the satellite um so then the bebop lands uh in in water uh and then faye's going to inspect the antenna which the hackers could have used and jet will find information about the hackers themselves um flying over a sector of earth Faye learns that there are hundreds of active transmitters in the area uh 
and Jet learns that the culprit is most likely Radical Edward. Um, and then obviously we talked about the the description. Um, he's going around asking like who knows anything, and then that's where he gets the seven foot uh, retired basketball player Hindu Guru Alien. Um, Ed hacks into the outer net server uh, and then enters the the virtual mind of the satellite uh, that we talked about earlier. Um, and she finds out that no one hacked into it. Uh, and instead she hears a voice coming from inside. Um, the satellite uh, calls itself the uh, central processing unit on the D-135 uh, artificial satellite. Um, Ed decides uh, that that name is way too long and boring. So she said, she calls it uh, MPU, um, which because it's like CPU only neater. Um, yeah. So the uh, MPU made those land carvings to recreate the Nazca lines uh, after the gate accident destroyed Earth's <clears throat> landscape. Um, and so then Ed is like, uh, uh, can, can I draw something? Um, but then while she was going to do that, the Earth police jammed the signal uh, and then Edward and uh, MPU are no longer in contact. Um, Jet, uh, <clears throat> he relays uh, or relate, relates his myriad of conflicting and incredible descriptions um, uh, as Spike examines the uh, Piyokos that uh, Jet brought back as a souvenir. Uh, Jet turns the computer to see that the police are also after Edward, but just then Edward contacts them through a hack job. She tells them that the satellite itself caused the land carvings, uh, and uh, she explains that the only way to capture MPU is by flying manually to the satellite, avoiding the attack satellites that will open fire um, uh, because uh, it, it can sense anything that like is determined to be a threat to the satellite. Um, and once they get there, they have to download MPU through a direct, li uh, direct line. And then Jet's like, no, that's impossible. But Spike, uh, he, once he hears that there's like actual danger involved, he's like, okay, now, now this is a job that I want to do. Um, so then uh, Spike uh, connects um, to ports, which uh, allow him to fire lasers um, without a computer. Um, on his on his little ship uh i can't remember the name of his ship um of whose ship? what's that uh the name of whose ship uh uh spike the oh robot. oh um it's something too yeah that's uh, all right damn it i'm gonna look it up um so then uh, Spike drifts forward, uh, towards the satellite in the, in the, in the small ship uh, by opening and closing small airlocks that propel the ship back on course. Swordfish. Um, swordfish. Uh, so Spike fires at the satellite, um, but the blast is blocked by, uh, at the last moment by an attack satellite. Um, the other satellites wake up and Spike is forced to turn his ship back on. Uh, and race and dodge uh, incoming fire while Faye is flying the red tail and uh, she covers Spike and engages the, um, the satellites that are firing at them. Uh, Ed suggests that Spike flies within 20 meters of MPU where the attack satellites won't risk hitting the weather satellite while Faye acts as a decoy. Um, the plan actually works and Spike connects to the satellite where Ed goes to downloading, um, uh, she downloads a copy of MPU. Um, and they have a discussion uh, briefly, if I'm not mistaken, where 
uh, she's just saying that like, yeah, you, it, 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 I'm going to make a copy of you, but it, it's literally just going to be you. Um, oh yeah, just like a copy of like the processing system. Yeah. And then they can quote unquote arrest the other one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is a great plan, honestly. Um, so uh, back on Earth, Spike and Jet attempt to collect the bounty, but the Earth police rule that the bounties are only used um, uh, on life forms and not computers. So this whole job was basically for nothing other than getting out on the team, but uh, you know that isn't really supposed to happen, but it just does. So uh, Jet supposes it was a good excuse to hunt hackers um, and the crew attempts to fly off without Edward because they're just like, well, this, this crazy weirdo kid uh, just knows a lot that let's just go. Um, but even though uh, Edward was promised um, by Faye, of course, uh, that she could be a member uh, of the crew, uh, Edward uh, sees that they're flying away, but instead of being sad about it, she's just like, oh, well, Edward can take care of this. So she bring, brings down the ship using the, uh, the remote control because she hacked their ship um, and then forces them to take her along. Um, and then at the end of the episode, Spike complains that the three things he particularly hates, which are kids, animals, and women with attitudes are all <laughs> gathered in his and Jeff's ship as they fly off uh, from Earth, where a new land carving of its computer per, uh, persona is drawn onto the surface uh, of South America. So that is uh, episode or session nine of Cowboy Bebop. What are our uh, opening thoughts on this episode? Jamal? I like Ed. Ed's a very ca- funny character. Honestly, not even until, this, uh, not even until we started recording, I'm like, hmm. Edward could have been part of Ed and Eddie. It could have been Ed, Ed, Eddie, Edward. Because he has mm-hmm. the, he has a funny-ass character. The fact that he, how, how does he even hack anything? Is this his goggles? Like, for some reason, it just seems like, all right, in an instant, her. He, her he. I always forget. I, her. I think, I keep thinking of Edward as a guy's name. But every time she. <laughs> That's how you throw it <laughs> off. <laughs> but it's like. If she wants to hack something, she does in an instant. Like, how does she hack the beep off? Just like, all right, yeah, I'm just gonna hack this like right now. Like, get you, like she bring, bring fucking, that ass back here. She has the fucking Google glasses. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, bro. All the technology that they have in this show, it's so funny seeing people imagine the future in the '90s. Like going back to the episode eight thing where. Uh, uh Faye asks for money and she like puts her card into this thing and uh Spike is able to like just transfer funds like this is before uh Venmo and Cash App and Zelle and all that but it essentially worked the exact same way and it's like it's yeah. just it's just so cool seeing things like that so Edward is just out here hacking with the glasses like not a well, computer I mean, back in, in the sight. 90s there was a there the credit cards been around since the early 80s i think maybe maybe a little bit earlier and then you could wire um funds through accounts but you'd have to go through the bank so right like they just had like a handheld thing yeah even earlier than that adam they they were around in like the the 40s and 50s they would just uh the credit cards were like an experiment they just sent them out to people at first and then they were like yeah go go ahead and charge this go ahead and charge it (laughs) just as a ploy to to put people in a bad spot credit wise yep classic yeah that's something i've never looked up that's actually kind of interesting. neither have i yeah i'd, I'd never even thought about it but 
Okay. Right. That's one of those things they they just showed up when we were born. Like they just already existed, so we didn't care to think about. Oh, when did this happen? Yeah, we came out of our moms with cards in hand. Yeah, credit cards, debit cards, all that shit. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like this show, like it's very imaginative. But like just looking at how they like they didn't look so far. Like this isn't the Jetsons, you know? Like where right, it's not um, so far fetched. It's it's still grounded in some sort of reality, which is hilarious because it's uh you know it's an anime, but it's even more grounded in reality than a lot of like movies, you know, Hollywood movies. Um. But yeah, so Ed, I, I was I was wondering when we were gonna because I didn't know who Ed was going into this episode because I had never seen the show. And I was wondering when does this kid that's in the intro come along? Like where is this right? Child? Um, and then the show opens, you see Ed, you're like, ah, finally, what is she about? Oh, she's the hacker of the crew, um, which is kind of like an old trope in sci-fi and stuff. There's always someone that's like the most uh, well, the tech guy. Yeah. yeah. Right, but then I like that it's uh, it's not just a it's not a dude, nor is it a uh, retired seven foot basketball player, Indian uh, guru, uh, drag queen, alien or drag or queen Indian alien. Guru. Right, right, drag queen alien. Um, it's it's this just goofy child, like this little girl who's the greatest hacker on earth. Uh, I thought that was a great um, like uh, a different different approach to this kind of character um and how just like ha- like she doesn't care of what anyone thinks or says she's just like well edward w- wants to have fun today so now i'm going to steal this police uh vehicle you know um and then uh dude the 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 mpu like being almost a sentient like satellite that was really creepy at first because yeah. i was like why is he able to talk through like why is he able to speak and edward can just hear him or hear it like it just it was weird and i don't think i fully understood that part when i was watching the show just because uh because ed has um like you know google glasses and like she i'm sure on those glasses or in her equipment somewhere along the line she put in a microphone and you know she can hear stuff so once she hacks into it um this ai program that just eventually i don't know if it was we don't know if it was like programmed that way or if it just developed that programming on its own because it is an ai um tasked with uh you know being a satellite around like one of the most important satellites if not the most important satellite in orbit um No, I think they said uh, they said something about if there was no contact with humans for a certain period of time, then it would be able to do whatever it wanted or whatever it was programmed to do, like just by itself. And that is okay. So then that's what that's so it was programmed to just kind of just like take the chains off itself. Yes, take the chains off itself if there was no extended contact. Right. And so then it got lonely and started doing carvings because it was like, wow. the planet got fucked up, huh? Even looking back on this episode as a kid, I loved uh, that they had, you know, uh, especially Jet had emphasized that the Earth was fucked up. <laughs> there is not the place where you want to be in in this universe. Like that's actually exactly what I was about to bring up. Like we finally get to hear what happened to Earth. Like I'm not sure what the the Earth Gate is like the little wormhole thing, right? Mm-hmm. so apparently there's some accident that renders earth 
less useful than it used to be. So now humans have to go colonize the rest of the planet, right? I'm sorry, sorry, the rest of the universe, or at least the rest of the planets close by. Um, So I'm wondering if like, we're gonna learn more, like I want there to be like a flashback of whatever happened on earth to cause, you know, this thing, because they didn't really get into it. It was just kind of mentioned. Well, I mean, they yeah, got so, into it a little bit, but like, I would like to see it. Yeah. So it, um, MPU explained uh, that, you know, he was making those land carvings to recreate the Nazca lines uh, because the gate accident destroyed Earth's landscape. Um, I can't remember if they talked even like shortly uh, about the actual accident itself. What are Nazca um, lines? Is that like, like a real thing or is that just something he. Yeah. So. Um, I can't remember the Nazca are a like a like the Aztecs and the Mayans like uh like Native Americans but like in South America like the Nazca tribe right um like they would make lines in the earth I believe uh like in in the side of mountains and stuff no one really knows exactly how they did it but they would carve out like birds and and other animals and stuff um, oh like in uh and i can't believe i'm referencing this back to pokemon but in pokemon sword when you go to the city that has the grass gym there's like a carving of a dynamax pokemon in it yes exactly you guys remember that right yes oh yeah no, yeah i know what you're talking about Ah, and there's like, oh, no one knows where this came from. It's so old. Yeah, <laughs> I know someone's so, someone's, so gonna, old. someone's gonna hear this and be like, no, that's not what it was. So the Nazca lines, I'm correcting myself. It wasn't like a tribe. I don't think like they're just called the Nazca lines. Nazca is um, a town, apparently. Okay, yeah. So like in Peru, I I think it is. Um, and there's just like they're like a mystery. They were uh, they they said that they were made back in like 500 BC. Uh, between 500 BC and AD, so 500, it's like a thousand years where it was like these just popped up. That's um, ridiculous. Yeah, so they're geoglyphs etched into desert sands, uh, and like they they cover nearly a thousand square kilometers, um, and yeah, so that's crazy. So that's what awesome. I know, right? And that's what MPU latched onto uh, because he thought or it thought they were beautiful or whatever. So. That's that's a little backstory of the Nazca lines right there. Okay, that's that's really wild. Yeah. Look uh, at me learning about world history from Cowboy Bebop. Right. <laughs> um, one of my favorite scenes was like I really liked MPU because uh, I've always been a fan of like in sci-fi shows where like there's like a sentient AI and stuff, but it's not necessarily good nor evil, but it's just kind of like doing its job. Right. Um, this one was a little bit different because it, you know, it, it broke the ball and chain that was on it because it didn't have contact with humans. Um, but then uh, my probably my favorite part of the whole show was like the, the 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 job going to the actual satellite when Jet was flying through with the swordfish um, and Faye covering him in the uh, in the red tail and like all the attack satellites are firing on them and everything. And that, that's that's what uh, episode seven was missing, you know, like that. Like there was some tense action. Yeah. Yeah, There was some tension, but like, you don't know like what will happen. Whereas in episode seven, like, you know, this, the guy, the, the Decker is going to die. Like, and then he just explodes. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. But like with this one, you don't know if the satellite's going to get blown up. 
if the red tail is going to get blown up or the swordfish is going to get you know fucked up to any capacity i was like wow the animation is crazy on this too it's just probably my favorite part of the, the episode and especially because this is actually one of like these this is a pivotal episode because we gain uh, a crew member so yeah. and like i just judging by their personalities i can already kind of see like the growing pains of now where it, it was just jet and spike now it's jet spike Faye, and and the dog and i'm yeah yeah so yeah, it's we got a whole family now yeah it's a whole family now and you know what it kind of reminds me of you guys remember the star fox crew right where you have fox mcleod of course who is the leader falco who's like the wild guy you have peppy who's the the bunny who's like the older veteran and then slippy who's like the techie toad who can't really he's not great at flying or whatever but he's good at everything else like he's the mechanic of the crew and that's kind of like this we have like a parallel with that now so it i'm it, i'm just interested to see uh where this is gonna go and another thing is i thought this episode was gonna focus more on spike and Faye, and uh jet was just gonna like sorry focus on jet and Faye, and spike was just gonna stay in the bebop and not really get any action whereas uh you see jet and Faye, you know handle business on earth and do whatever but then once the uh the screen got hacked and edward was talking to uh uh spike through the computer i was like okay well i guess they're all going to be involved now mm -hmm. but i would i would like to see more like more of jet and Faye interacting just the two of them outside of the ship yeah and i'm, I'm sure we're going to get that really soon uh i don't know how much further along the season it'll it'll happen but it's bound to happen because that's like pretty sure that that's the love interest if i'm oh, not yeah. mistaken um so the actual quote from Faye talking about hackers is hackers are nerdy, pasty, tubby little geeks with triple thick glasses. And this one is probably a demented otaku with smelly feet. So <laughs> catching him will be a breeze. Jesus. That is just rude. The slander. Right. What's wrong with otaku? There's nothing wrong with the goddamn otaku. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm taking that one to the, to the grave. I didn't know that she, she, uh, since it's that much hate, that's terrible. Maybe face from maybe face from Japan because otaku, I think, is a negative thing in Japan. Hmm. Time for a name change. <laughs> no, we, we're we're not gonna change it just because of her. Forget her. Weeb, Weeb Street, Radical <laughs> Street. So yeah, I think this this episode is awesome. Um, I really like Ed more than I thought I would, honestly. Uh, yeah. And I'm I'm curious what they're gonna do with MPU because like they they downloaded a copy, you know. So like what what purpose is MPU gonna serve going forward with with Ed? Maybe it'll make um, Jeff's life easier, like just being like AI hey, can keep in charge of like I don't know this yeah. ship's like status and everything. I was thinking this should be this could be like a major upgrade. Not only having uh, Edward, but having the MPU and everything like they can do a lot of different they can go a lot of different ways and yeah yeah i feel like it should only be able to help um yeah. missions yeah, could excited. get easier it, it'll be more like interactions between the characters that i think are going to be more difficult but either way i'm excited um yeah 
after not watching the show for like a month and a half, getting back into these three episodes, like I'm ready to, I'm ready to go back oh, yeah. into it. So I'd say after all that, uh, episode nine is the best out of the three. Um, I did like Rocco. I like the, the background that episode seven gave, uh, but episode nine definitely gets a, a for me, I'd probably go 8.5 uh, for episode nine. Maybe maybe a nine. So seven gets seven, eight gets eight, nine gets nine. Let's just go with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just because there's like, there's now permanent changes. Yeah. So yeah. seven and eight were more so like, you know, whatever. And even six was like that, but I'm pretty sure episode five with and correct me if i'm wrong i think episode five was the one with vicious which to this point was like the only 10 out of 10 episode just because like oh shit we have our big bad we have like serious stakes we have a situation where spike isn't cool calm and collected like he usually is like this this is serious um so far like even though this episode wasn't super super serious like i said we got a permanent addition and this is like a game-changing episode for a lot of different reasons. So I'm going to give this a nine as well. Yeah. Jamal, what do you think? I give it somewhere between uh, either 8.5. I'd probably give it a solid 8.5, maybe Boy, a nine. are you asleep? Yes, I am. Open your eyes, <laughs> No, I'm keeping my eyes closed. <laughs> but I give it like... A solid 8.5, maybe a 9. It was definitely a good introduction to Edward, which I like. And I like Spike and Faye, like, trying to dodge the lasers and everything. I am glad there's a permanent change. Yeah. So Like any character that speaks in the third person. And Edward definitely gives it, like, the <laughs> whole group <laughs> a lot. It, get, uh, it gives that whole crew... I don't know. She's very lighthearted. Lighthearted, yes. Yes. Exactly. Everybody is so serious in their own way. Like, Faye is less serious, but she still can be a very serious person. She's kind of just like petty, like just kind of like a diva. But Edward just doesn't give a fuck. Edward just wants to have a good time. (laughs) So, I don't know. I'll give it an 8.5. Gotcha. Chris? Um... This is one of my favorite episodes. Um, I would say that, in my opinion, it's a 9.5. It brings us to action. It gives us our, as you guys are, were talking about, our lighthearted character who's going to bring a lot of comic relief that is uh, needed, you know? And um, also, I, like I told you, I, I really enjoyed, even back when I was a kid, going back to earth and seeing what was go what is going on on our planet like the the whole galaxy is the wild wild west what's what's earth you know so i i definitely enjoy it it's a 9.5 for me yeah overall great episode uh despite the otaku slander from Faye. uh outside of that i think it was just about perfect uh hence the nine and 9.5s all around um, Did Jamal leave? Oh, never mind. No. <laughs> He's just, just really <laughs> Yo, Jamal wants to go to bed so bad. Yeah. All right. So, 
anyone else have any uh, any any closing thoughts before we uh, make Jamal's day tomorrow even more miserable? <laughs> I th I think that now that we have our crew loaded, we've gotten through the what I feel is the preliminary episodes. I think they're really gonna like turn it up. Maybe we're gonna get like uh, another warm up episode where Ed is like a, you know getting accustomed to being part of the family now. But once that's done. I'm expecting this, this show to just kind of skyrocket. Not that it hasn't already been great, but I'm expecting greater. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited for what's left. Me too. Chris, that, Jamal, anything uh, left over? Nah. I think, I think we've covered uh, a lot. I'm, right. I'm tired. Uh, Jamal? Yeah, Jamal, Jamal's over it. Okay. <laughs> so as always, please follow Otaku Street Podcast on Twitter, uh, on YouTube, on Twitch. All the good things are coming. Uh, sorry, I'm also very tired. Um, Send us any topics that you uh, you want us to discuss or uh, anything that we want to bring up on the show on Twitter. That's the best way to get get to all of us um and uh with that said i think the boys from the street of otaku are out <laughs>